0: An ironic media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com.
1: All right, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you that I am now on Wisdom app. It is an app where we can connect and you can ask me questions and we can keep the conversation going about this week's episode. So please jump over to where you download apps on Apple or on Android and pick up the Wisdom app. It has Einstein with headphones on. Find me at Amy Stark, just Amy Stark we can talk about the podcast and we can talk about anything that you're wondering about your journey. We can connect there. And I am so grateful that this app exists. So please come on over and let's get this conversation going. I can't wait to see you there.
0: When you're mindful about having one or two indulgences in a week's time instead of four days or five days, because that's going to get in the way of your weight loss or cause you to gain weight you can't overindulge and expect not to gain some weight. So it, but it's got to be balanced throughout the week. The only thing that people need to change is their thinking and the way they think about food, their relationship with food, why they're eating, how much they're eating. The fact that food isn't going to, as I said before, leave the planet. There's going to be plenty tomorrow. If you love what you're eating and it tastes good, The next day when you're hungry again, it'll taste even better, but there's so many thoughts in people's heads that they tell themselves, if you overeat or if you emotionally eat, you're actually giving yourself permission to do so.
1: Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right. Today on the podcast, I have Lisa Goldberg and I'm excited to introduce you to her because she talks about how we can have a healthy relationship with food. She is a nutritious and weight loss coach with a master's degree in clinical nutrition from NYU. She is an author of Food Fight, Winning the Battle with Food and Eating to Achieve Sustainable Weight Loss. And she is a certified nutritional specialist, a certified dietitian and nutritionist, licensed by the New York state and certified in adult weight management by the American dietetic association. She's been coaching people for 20 years on how to change your mindset and how to have a healthier relationship with food. What I love about Lisa is she helps us to break patterns that we've been going through for our whole life. So for me, weight loss has been an issue for my whole life that I will first and foremost say, and It definitely changed throughout the year. So in the nineties, it was like (laughs) so horrible. I'm surprised we survived it (laughs) because it was like, don't eat fat. I was eating tons of carbs, which is absolutely horrible for my body. You're like, Oh, Swedish fish. It has no fat. So it's fine. There was just such an amazingly terrible mindset about food back then that evolved into then eventually in my, 20s, I figured out how do I use food to actually heal my body? And then the more that I dove into that, the more I realized, wow, there's really something to this. We're supposed to be eating three times a day. Some people say it can be one time a day. For some people, they like the OMAD diet. But let's say we're going three to like nine times a day, some people they're not even thinking about what they're putting in their body or some people are not thinking about what they're putting in their body. And so this all adds up to a lot of stuff in the body that has to be processed. And so there's definitely many tools that we can use in terms of eating, like we can eat for fuel, but we can also do fasting and other things. I invited Lisa on because she focuses on mindset and releasing the patterns that are keeping us from really eating so that we can just fuel our body and not feel it like, cause it's, she was, we were just talking about some things. So like when we grow up, we hear, oh, today was a great day. I'm going to have ice cream. And then it's, oh, today's a bad day. I'm going to have ice cream. We just will make any story we want so we can have ice cream. But that's, what's keeping a lot of us from losing weight. Also, I will say, I was talking to Lisa about this. Sometimes weight loss can be about hormones. It can be about food allergies. And for my case, it's been a lot of that because I do just use food as fuel 90% of the time. Actually, Spirit had said 99% of the time. I'll even give myself a little leeway and just say 90% of the time. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you for being here. No, oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation.
0: Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. How did you get into this? I got into you know being a nutritionist and a weight loss coach. It really started when I was a freshman in college. I went away a normal weight kid. And two months later, I came up the plane for Thanksgiving and my mother literally looked and said, what the hell happened to you? They went from a size like four, six to a size nine ten, in really just a really short period of time. And that was just eating crappy food in the dining hall before I knew it, my, my weight ballooned. And I thought about majoring in nutrition when I was a freshman in college. I was interested in it because one, I just gained a ton of weight and didn't know how to lose it. And two, because my roommate was also a nutritionist, but then I was like, organic chemistry, biochemistry? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. And I kind of just majored in something else. But, you know, long story short, I went on a really strict diet to lose the weight after Thanksgiving, lost the weight, gained it back after Christmas. <laughs> because the, weight, the dining the- hall was still right? there. <laughs> the dining hall, and so was the brownies, and so was all yeah. the bars on the street where I went to school, and they had to lose it again before spring break. And then I gained it back again after spring break. So I was on this wow. kind of perpetual yo-yo diet. And it really wasn't until I was in my mid to late twenties that I really started to move my body more, pay attention to really what I ate and how it, it made me feel. But most importantly, what I'll never forget is how terrible I felt in my body. Like when I lived mm. with my, wife, when we graduated from school and moved into New York city, it's, there were so many nights where I would stay home because everything I put on looked terrible. Mm. And I felt, terrible and i was just so self-conscious and i truly believe that it's thinking about that and never forgetting how terrible i felt then is what's helped me maintain my weight all of these years and and what really got me so that led me to being able to deal with the science go back as a grown up get my master's degree in clinical nutrition but what really got me to answer your question into the Habit, behavior, and mindset was when I graduated and started seeing clients. All of my clients asked me the same question What can I eat after? Because I wasn't recommending snacks like a lot of nutritionists or diet plans recommend after dinner. And I was like, But you just ate dinner. How could you be hungry? You're probably going to bed soon. Why do you need something more to eat? Right. Everybody asked me the same, or enough people asked me the same question. And then I started to think there's something here. Mm. So I started to actually research on my own mindful eating, mindless eating, emotional eating mindset change. And I do a lot of mindset work for myself with coaches, with business coaches, and it's really opened up for me to fully understand why people struggle with their weight. And it all has to do with the way their brain is wired. They have what's called, what I call a dieter's mindset or the dieter's mentality, because if you've been dieting for all or most of your life, you have a way of thinking because the diet industry has you believing Mm -hmm. that if you want to lose weight, you have to cut out all of the foods you love, Mm -hmm. especially carbohydrates, no dessert, no wine, no bread. That's how you're going to lose weight. You know what happens? You lose the weight. You You can go on any diet. If you follow it, you will lose the weight. But if you don't change the habits and behaviors and your way of thinking that got you to be overweight in the first place, the weight just always finds its way back.
1: Right. I also had that college experience, which is funny. I gained 20 pounds the first year of college and I went on and did Weight Watchers, which at the time was the thing to do. And it worked out for me. I lost 40 pounds and then slowly over the years, I wound up gaining it back. And then I lost it again, 40 pounds again. You know, like it's insane how it can happen like that until you get mindful. And then I finally started realizing something's going on here. It wasn't really until I did juice cleanses that I really realized the relationship that I had with food was very emotional. I would be like, I just need something in my mouth to chew. And I was like, why if I feel good and I feel fine? In fact, actually, I was looking at your Instagram and one of the things that you said on your Instagram really hit home to me. And and this is something that I try to share with people, just whether it's about food or not, it's a really good point and says, why would you choose to eat something that makes you feel bad longer than it makes you feel good? And that's everything. It's what is harder. And I feel like that's the energy right now. It's what is harder to do. Is it to put in the work or to stay asleep or pushing that away or holding it off? I always say that to my clients. When something keeps showing up and you're holding it off and your one hand is actually busy holding it off and and taking your attention and strength, whereas sometimes it's just easier just to look at it. And so for me, when I did those juice cleanses and I was like, whoa, I'm feeling emotional right now and I feel like I need this to to handle it. I was like, that's not healthy. Yeah, Yeah. So is that one of the major things that you work on with
0: people is just... I'm saying more like the emotional, like I'm sad kind of deal. It's more the negative emotions that get people to eat because that's the, the those are the emotions they want to distract from. Those are the emotions they want to stop. Mm-hmm. They spent most of their life not wanting to deal with those feelings. There's a lot of people that are taught, don't talk about your feelings. Don't show your feelings, fuck it up or whatever it is, or kids learned early on in their life that food is their friend. Food makes me feel better. And people actually believe that the food makes them happy this is the message. But it, My- it does, but it's temporary, right? It's like split seconds compared to the misery you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, ev- the evidence shows that when you emotionally eat within minutes, maybe several minutes, anywhere from two minutes to maybe 10 minutes, you're sitting there saying, I'm an idiot. Why did I do that? What's the matter with me? Why can't I just have more discipline? Why can't I have just have more di- willpower? And you're really getting down on yourself because especially if what you really want is to lose weight. So where's the happiness? Where's the, because we eat those foods. I tell this to my clients all the time, chocolate, cake, cheeseburger, bacon, cheeseburger, and fries. We eat those foods because they're tasty. It gives us pleasure. But if it's emotionally driven, especially when you're beating yourself up afterwards, Mm. where's the pleasure? It's not worth it. How is it making you happy? And so coach my clients on staying connected to the outcome of the decision. Mm. Because if it's a mindful choice, you will never feel bad about that food that you ate, because you gave it some thought, you made a decision. And I coach my clients on how much and how often in seven days. So out of seven days, one or two days a week, they get to indulge. They don't treat themselves. They don't reward themselves. I abolish those words from their vocabulary as best I can, because I don't believe that people should be treated with food, even though this is the words that our parents use feel like a big to do. It's in abundance. It's not scarce. You're not going to go hungry. The food's not leaving the planet. So for all these people think, I have to eat it now. What if i never eat that food again? This is limiting beliefs. The stuff that you tell yourself, that's not the truth. And that's what drives the decisions that you make. And so a lot of the work, it's lifting up the hood to uncover, what do you believe? What do you tell yourself? I was just working with a woman. She's in my group program and we started to talk about self care and she was saying how i hate cooking it feels like such an inconvenience and i was just like oh so your health and your well being and your desire to lose weight that's such an inconvenience to you is that what i hear you saying mm-hmm. and she's like i don't know why i just hate it she's like oftentimes i cook for myself what a waste and i went and there it is you said it your subconscious brain thinks What a waste just to cook for me. So her subconscious belief is I don't matter.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't
0: count as much as she cooks for her kids. She cooks for her grandkids. They matter, but it's just her. Right. Yeah. I'm not good enough. I don't matter. I'm not worthy. But this is the unconscious subconscious stuff that we have to dig through in order to get people to change their thinking around food and eating. And when they understand what drives them to want to eat food, they're not physically hungry for, because I believe most people struggle with their weight because they eat too much food and they eat when they're not hungry. Because most people who have dieted have lost the connection between true physical hunger and true satiety. That was a big mouthful there, but does, does that no. make sense?
1: Oh yeah, no, that's great. It's interesting. Also, like recently I've given up carbs or grains, I should say. And when you take out that like large group now, it's because it was bothering me. I know for sure gluten was a problem. So then I had eliminated gluten for a long time. And then I'm like, I think there's something else going on. Turns out it was rice. So I've just been staying grain free. And it's funny how little food means to me. There's no drive. Like people will be like, do you want to eat? I'm like, okay, I'll eat. You know, like if it's time, you know, if I'm actually hungry, but there's, I don't think about it. I'm not like, there is just no no drive because the sugar and all the whatever comes from carbs, you know, makes you like desire it. So that's been another huge healing for me. There's so many things you're saying, like when you're (laughs) satiation and just through physical hunger. Yeah. it's The the physical hunger was really hard for me to determine because I grew up in a family with six kids and my mom would take a big bowl of pasta and stick it in the center of the table and being however many years old, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, whatever, looking around and being like, if I don't get at this and eat as fast as possible, I might not get some. That was what was in my head every single time I sat down. And even last night, it was interesting. I made French fries for my son, which I almost never do. And I wasn't going to eat them. And my wife barely has any. And so there was like a pile of them there and he's eating them. And I'm like, you need to eat your steak too. Like you're not having any more French fries to eat your steak and your broccoli. And he ate the broccoli and the steak. And then he went back for the more. I said, are you actually hungry? Because you need to wait a little bit longer. And then he kept reaching for it. I'm like, listen, I promise you I'll save that for you. I will put that away for you. You don't have to worry about it going away. And I'm like, man, I wonder if my program got into him from growing up. I've been working with him in other ways to not have any of that program where I used to eat really fast and then he was eating fast. It's also interesting there the people when you eat fast and drink fast, people around you eat faster and drink faster.
0: Did you know mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And, and, and if, if you watch people, because people just a lot of people are self-conscious about eating so slowly which is just so much better. You eat less food when you eat slowly, right? That's what you eat. You get more t- to shovel it in. And then all of a sudden your brain actually those 20 minutes later. Now you're stuffed. You're not even comfortably content. And it gets to that point where you're like,
1: Oh my God, this is horrible. Like, and that was what gluten was for me. It felt like a huge brick was in my stomach every time I ate, no matter how little I ate. So that was confusing for me. So there's so much in there that I was, that I've just been trying to Understand my relationship with food. And it is, can be so healing if you can really dial it in and uh, as well with like your mindset and what you're eating. And you had mentioned, and I read this, I was, I thought, oh, love that she said this. So, so, a lot of people think they're broken. They think there's something wrong with them. And, and there isn't, it just needs some tweaking and some awareness. So, can you speak
0: to that? Yeah. What I always say is, you were taught the wrong way to lose weight right? You were just about, it was all about restriction and deprivation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I work with women who were in their seventies or 50, 70s and who were put on diets at eight or nine or 10 years old. And many of them got the same message you did. Food is scarce. If you don't take enough, you might not get any. So it is quickly. And, and so the, the messaging is what if there's not enough, there's a fear. And even though most people now these days, especially as adults versus kids. That's not the truth, but you were taught the wrong way to lose weight. I work with women. I had this one client that actually was sharing with me. I ran this like million dollar business, but I couldn't lose weight and I couldn't stop emotionally eating. And I was just like, I could do this. She was like, I could do this. I could run this business. I could manage all of these people, but I can't get this part of my life under control. There must be something wrong with me. Hmm. right? So then women do believe or even men that they're broken or there's something the matter with them. But what happens is if you're taught the wrong way, you keep repeating the wrong way to lose weight. And that's through restriction and deprivation, cut out all the stuff that you love. And then what happens? We tend to binge on the things that we love and that we restrict, and you never learn how to eat in the life that you live. So when I work with my clients, they drink wine, they eat, have some dessert and they still lose weight here's the thing. I have to manage their expectations as to how fast the weight should come off. Because when you're restricting and quote unquote dieting, the weight loss tends to be faster. Learning how to feed your body when you're paying attention, when you're mindful about having one or two indulgences in a week's time, instead of four days or five days, because that's going to get in the way of your weight loss or cause you to gain weight you can't overindulge and expect not to gain some weight. So it, but it's got to be balanced throughout the week. The only thing that people need to change is their thinking and the way they think about food, their relationship with food, why they're eating, how much they're eating. The fact that food isn't going to, as I said before, leave the planet. There's going to be plenty tomorrow. If you love what you're eating and it tastes good, The next day when you're hungry again, it'll taste even better. But there's so many thoughts in people's heads that they tell themselves, if you overeat or if you emotionally eat, you're actually giving yourself permission to do so. So if you hear it, you're saying something like, I don't care, but I want it. I'll worry about it later. I'll be better tomorrow. Or if there was somebody who used to restrict your food, that rebel voice saying, you can't tell me what to do. Hmm. Somebody there telling that person what to do anymore. It's the old voice, but I call the rabbit hole voice in their head. So what I train my clients to do is to listen to the messages that they give themselves around food and eating. And is it true? And is it real? Is it logical? Does it even make sense? Because the crazy happens in your head. Oftentimes when I'm working with my clients and they're about to tell me something and their thought is about to translate through their mouth, they say, I know this sounds ridiculous. And it does. It sounds ridiculous. I'm like, does that even make sense? No, it makes no sense. But when it's in your head, it seems to make the most sense because it's a thought. It's the pattern. It's your pattern. Your thoughts create your feelings and then your thoughts drive your actions. So if you tell yourself, I'll just, I'm just going to eat those few cookies and I'll be better tomorrow, you will. If you tell yourself, I'm not hungry for the cookies. I'm going to wait a little bit. If I really still want the cookies, maybe I'll eat them later. Maybe I'll eat them tomorrow. And you have a reasonable conversation with yourself. Chances are you're not going to eat those cookies. Hmm. So you gave yourself reasons why you shouldn't versus reasons why you should step away from the cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take a pause. You know, and the dieters mindset, the dieters mentality is for people who are on diets. And this is how they think they eat a cookie at the end of the day. I was good all day. Hmm. So I deserve the cookie. And then they feel like they blew it and they weren't perfect. And now they say I blew it. So now they eat the whole bag of cookies. Oh, okay. Can you relate
1: to that at all? If you were- No, thanks. Or- thankfully I no, I never was like that. So I have to agree. I-, I did not do that, but I can imagine the judgment and beating up on yourself and everything else. That's why I said, oh, cause yeah. it definitely would come afterwards. And then you
0: feel nauseous and sick. And then you ask yourself why, and you don't understand. And so mm-hmm. the person says to themselves, I don't understand. Why do I keep doing that? Why do I do that to myself? Because they didn't listen to that voice that actually gave them permission to do it in the first place. It's so important to pay attention to your thoughts and question, does that make sense? Is that the best choice that I can make for myself? What's the benefit if I do? What's the benefit if I don't? Right. Because if you want to lose
1: weight, there's no benefit if you do. What do I want more? Your whole saying about it, why would I have it if it makes me feel bad in the long run? Yeah, it does. It's aggravating that for, I would want to say almost 20 years now, they've been saying deprive yourself, exercise more. That's the answer. And people are like, I've been doing that. What are you talking about? But it's the things that are happening behind the scenes with this voice. Even if you're just like, I've been good all day. I'll have one. You're still telling yourself a lot of stories and judging yourself afterwards, even if it's not the whole bag. And then you're like, like you said, something's wrong with me. I'm broken, blah, blah, blah. I'm never going to get out of this. And then you go to feeling disempowered, which is never going to help. And yeah, it's a tough battle. So I love that you talk about this whole idea of mindset. And it sounds like a lot of it is coming from worthiness. Trying to feel worthy, whether like working out those programs, you're like, I'll have the cookie because I deserve it. How come the the program isn't, I'm going to
0: not have the cookie because I'm worthy of my goals. With so many people, they don't realize it. like the stuff that needs to be unpacked is the I'm not good enough feeling, right? Somewhere where someone or someplace you got the message, you're not good enough, smart enough, pretty, pretty enough, that can't play sports well enough. Something was not enough for somebody that you always felt like you had to prove yourself. There was some kind of not enoughness. So worthiness, lack of self-esteem is all connected to people who struggle so much with their weight. And I do that work too. It's just self-love, self-worth, self-esteem. It's got to be addressed because most people need to love themselves more. And I always say, is that what you really deserve? Is that when you do something that makes you feel good, it's a cookie? Like just, it's something that's not even healthy. Is that really what you deserve? Hmm. And they start thinking, that's right. Like puppies get rewarded with food. I always say not people, right? And food's not special. Somehow as children, we're given the message that everything with sugar is special. So we get this because it's special, but the truth is it's not. And that's where changing your thinking, changing your relationship with unhealthy food, that it's like somehow people raise that food up and put it on a pedestal, that it's just like the holy grail. But if it makes you overweight or if it makes you sick or if it makes you unhealthy, how is that? So it's not that I tell my clients, you can't eat that. It's an indulgence, right? It feels a little luxurious. Mindfully make the choice because we eat that food for pleasure and pleasure only. Mm. No nutritional value in cookies or cake or ice cream, but you can eat it. Just be mindful about where it fits in your life and in the course of your week in regard to how you feed yourself.
1: Yeah, it's so hard with uh, kids because I I definitely had that programming. And now that I'm raising a son, I always talk to him about how he feels When he has the food and he knows that food does heal your body. So like, even when he was little, my wife fell and hit her head and he was like, she needs blueberries for her brain. (laughs) And I was like, wow, probably ice first. So he's been developing that relationship of like how food can fuel you and he will have indulgence. Like it'll be Halloween or whatever. And he has a candy and he'll be like, I'm like, how do you feel now? And he's, I feel gross. Like, I don't feel good. And I'm like, okay, just remember that maybe it's not the best thing for you. But it is hard because it definitely, I go home with him and all my siblings and parents and everybody wants to shower him with donuts and, mm-hmm. and he, he comes home and he tells everybody how many donuts he had. And, and But he didn't feel that great. He'll tell me in the car when it's just the two of us. Yeah, there's so much work to be done around that for everyone, really. We tend to be more aware at this point about our thoughts versus and how it affects our body versus this thing that we're doing a lot of the day and that we have so much choice over. We can be fueling our body with anything really, within reason, obviously. But, and people just are are just like grabbing whatever. Like that lady was like, it's just too hard for me to cook for myself or I don't feel worthy of cooking for myself. Because here's
0: the thing, that's where the self-care comes in. You can't be too busy. Like I just started working with a client. The first thing she said when we started, when we sat down together was I'm really busy. I run this big business with my husband and I don't have time to cook. And she was getting her meals, from this health food store underneath the building. That was like 7.99 a meal. It's not like she couldn't afford to spend more money, but it was right. cheap. It was easy and it was keto. And she was doing keto the longer the short of it was. She was tired of keto. She was tired of feeling restricted. She wasn't feeling great. She wanted to lose weight. Her body wasn't releasing the weight. I changed everything that she did. And she, she started to introduce more foods, even carbs, grains that didn't affect her body negatively. As, as a matter of fact, she lost a lot more weight a lot sooner than I thought she was even going to. Full disclosure, because she has some thyroid issues like and, and Hashimoto's and some other stuff. So I just thought the change was going to be gradual, but her body responded wonderfully. But I think it was because she felt so free to be eating foods that tasted good. And she wasn't in this restrictive box because here's the thing about diets. Diets work as long as you do them. If you go on a diet and stop doing this thing, once you lose the weight, the weight's just going to find its way back. So for this client, she wanted to be off of keto, even though a lot of people lose weight on keto. And I say to my clients, well, if you could do keto for the rest of your life, then maybe that's what you want to do. But if you think you're going to stop, When you, you know, get to where you want to be, just kind of let's follow the course. This client just feels so much freer. She feels like she freed up all this mental bandwidth, Mm. worry about not being able to go out for dinner and what she's, what is she going to eat Yeah, now? So totally changed her relationship with food for her, but it's really just about not being afraid of certain foods. Like for you, Amy, based on experience, if you eat grains, it doesn't work well in your body. No. And that happens. There are people who shouldn't be eating certain foods just because it doesn't work in their body. And that's when you cut those foods out for <laughs> dieting purposes. If you don't want to live without those foods, but if you have a physical condition, then you don't have a choice.
1: Yeah, exactly. People are like, oh, you're gluten-free. I'm like, listen, I would love to sit down and have a huge Italian meal right now, but I just know I'll be depressed for three days. And if I have rice now, I know it causes asthma symptoms in Mm me and it's just not worth it to me. I would rather feel great and have a lot of clarity and energy, but I'm not like the average person. So I'm looking to achieve a really high level of energy and clarity and happiness. For me, it's just not worth it. I'd rather. I, I'm happy having uh, like yesterday. I had broccoli three times uh, for m- breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it, yeah, by dinner time, I did get a little tired of it. <laughs> uh huh. But I do enjoy and I gravitate towards greens. It really does make me happy. And in fact, when I was, I always intuitively eat. Well, I try to. I should say, spirits just said have more vegetables. So I was like, okay, I guess we're doing that. And then I also had cauliflower which actually was nice because I had bacon and some cheesy mac like stuff over the top. But, and that's what it was supposed to be except for without the the uh, grains. But we need to listen to our bodies and our bodies will tell us so much and also listen to our thoughts. That's what you're saying is just pay attention to why you're doing things. And I tell you, it was so eye opening when I was like, why do I
0: need this? Yeah, listen to what you told yourself, I need. But what was even more telling is you're like, I feel like chewing. That's what I call head hunger. There's stomach hunger and head hunger. I feel like eating. I feel like chewing. I feel like putting something in my mouth. That's emotionally driven. Stomach hunger is more of a declaration. I'm hungry. Like we feel true physical hunger in our belly. It's a physical sensation in your body. Mm -hmm. And most people aren't even clear as to what emotions that they eat. Frustration, anger, worry, overwhelm, boredom. Is it being tired? A lot of people eat because they're tired at eight o'clock at night, right? People are just like, I don't want to go to sleep yet. So I'm going to eat. That makes no sense. Just go to right? sleep. You're tired. You're not hungry. Just go to sleep. Yeah. So people need to actually connect to what feelings do they tend to stuff down or distract from?
1: So it's so interesting when you eat late at night, your blood sugar gets all messed up and you don't sleep as well. And then you crave carbs more the next day because if you didn't sleep well, so then guess what? That makes it really hard to be on a diet if you're not sleeping well. So yeah, it's a mind body spirit for sure. The handling any of this and getting well, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners so that they can have a healthier relationship with food?
0: Yeah. What I always really try to drive home is Food is just food. It doesn't have any special powers. It will not make you happy. It will not solve the problem. It will not change any situations. It is just food. So if weight loss and or weight maintenance is your goal, you want to be clear as to what you're telling yourself. And are you truly physically hungry when you're thinking about eating? And that would be the first step is to just raise your awareness level of what you're telling yourself when it comes to food. And I believe that all of the information that you need is really in your thoughts. If you really want to understand why you keep repeating your patterns of behavior that don't serve you, the stuff that sabotages you.
1: Absolutely. That's a great advice. I was just thinking when you were saying food is food, it's like, actually, when you really look at it, it's the people that you're usually around having that food. It's the idea of the night that you're out and that you're going to let loose or whatever. It's more those emotions that are hanging around the experience and the energy that's hanging with that experience. And when, uh, and that was actually, uh, now that I think about it, <laughs> brought up another thing, like when I gave up alcohol for three months years ago, just to get more clarity of my mind. And I was like, can I go to a bar without drinking? And sure enough, I could, and I had a great time. And I was like, wow, look at you going out and not drinking and having a good time and like being yourself. Sometimes we just have to challenge ourselves to do these things and ask these questions to realize that we can really do it. And hello, rather than a cookie, buy a necklace or save up, be like, I'm going to put money, $5. Every time I want to have that cookie, I'm going to put it into something that's more useful to me that I want to get or have or reward myself with, if you will.
0: Um, yeah, 100%. So now you have that necklace or that thing that you bought yourself. And every time you look at it or wear it, you're now re- reminded of the thing, the accomplishment that you did. And, and that's really a true reward. It makes you feel good. And it makes you feel good for a long time.
1: Right. We do need those physical objects to help us remember our journey because sometimes we forget how strong we are or what we can do. Just because we're in the moment and we're in a fight or flight. Like my wife just brought home a hummingbird and I was like, I want to put that in my office because I want to remind myself that I can defy the odds. I don't have to go off of physics. Meaning that because of hummingbird, they don't understand how it flies. That was the point. And it's also so tiny. It's also weighs nothing now that I think about it. Anyway, (laughs) it's just funny. But Lisa, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Can you please tell everybody where they can find out more about you?
0: My website is lisagoldbergnutrition.com you could email me at lisa goldberg And just so you know, if you go to my website, I have a free masterclass called the weight loss solution. And I also have a little resources link that has a few free resources for you to download on mindset strategies and healthy breakfast ideas and nice. Yeah. What would you recommend that we have for breakfast? I'm a big fan of like whole green Ezekiel toast with a little avocado and maybe an egg on top. Mm, or- sounds good. You know, and for some protein maybe avocado and some mashed white beans and a little bit of that trader joe's everything but the bagel stuff this is stuff. everything i'm a big protein and carbs in all your meals and snacks you can't go wrong oh nice okay cool thank you
1: it was been a pleasure talking to you and i i think you've offered our listener a lot of great tips on how to have a healthier relationship with food so thank you
0: thank you thank you for having me here it was great